0: Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech.
1: The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL.
2: What is up, my besties? What's up? What's up? Um, Facial
1: day. I know. Well, I had to do this first before I get the facial because my face will look like, uh, you know, pepperoni after I get it done. Um, For sure. So yeah, we're just getting some episodes in for you guys. Danny is back in the studio and uh, we're back in action, which you guys didn't know because we were so consistent. We were. So proud of us. So proud of us. But you know, I wanted to talk to you about this because I have my thoughts. And I just launched a new course called Trust You, and it's all about branding. And so branding is a little bit different than business. Branding is more just like how people feel about you, how you make people feel. It's about connection, relationships, how people view you, what they associate with you online. Do they have a relationship with you? When you have really good branding, you have really strong branding, even a personal brand, right? It makes selling so much easier. You're not starting from scratch. People already have a relationship with you. They already trust you. So when you put something out, they're much more likely to purchase it or interacts with it and so i always think about branding as sort of like the long game right and that's like mm. something that takes time and takes reps and things like that whereas the business stuff you can put together a killer offer you can get awesome marketing copy and you can probably make sales right now which is great too but ideally for a long business that is viable and you know stands the test of time you probably need both things like i was thinking about this from a recession-proofing, you know, inflation is ridiculous right now, the economy, all that kind of stuff. People have a lot of, you know, uh, money struggles or stresses. If you want to recession-proof your online coaching business, you have to have a really powerful brand. So people will buy in a recession, people will buy in a down economy, people will buy depending, not depending on the season or the algorithm or whatever, right? You have a really strong brand. So I thought I would get your take, and I'll jump in too, on how does someone start to stand out and build a brand that really catches on, right? Like not a vanilla brand, not something that everyone is saying all the same stuff, you know, because again, the space is getting more saturated than it's sort of ever been. It's, Which is a good and bad thing. It's good because now we, we have potentially more clients as well coming online. So the, the fit of the coach to client matching system can be that much more specific, which means you can work with a coach who's like a perfect fit for you. For me, I've just noticed over the years that my clients I get are like even like more like me than they ever were, before. So the attraction marketing works really well because now we have more coaches and we have people have the pick of the litter when they want to hire a coach, but it can make things a little harder for you to get traction because you got to rise above the rest. What do you think?
2: Uh, Yeah. So I, I, I think branding is so important and I like that you said it, it's kind of about standing the test of time, like creating a legacy. And I think part of this, this is something I was thinking about recently. I did a talk at, um, it's not Fitposium. I forgot. Oh, Get Published Live uh, last month. And it was about developing your it factor. Mm. And it, it's funny because I was i was thinking about this because I used to teach a course called um, Social, what is it? Social Academy. And it was with my friend Rebecca Baruki. And we were trying to teach people how to build a personal brand and use it online, YouTube and Facebook and Twitter at the time. And I was thinking about this it factor. And I just remember a good handful of students that would come in, we teach them all our strategies and they got it and they would take off. And then there were other people that I was like, I don't know what it is, but they just don't have it, that like the it factor. And so for this talk, I looked up like what is the it factor? What does it mean? And it's a term that really describes a charismatic quality that people possess, like captivating, magnetic. So we kind of know what that is. It's it's this like we're drawn to them. I like the word magnetic because it's like you – for whatever reason, even if you don't like them, you still are, I mean, I'm sure you've seen people like, I know, I follow people where I'm watching their stuff. I don't even like them, but I'm like, I'm still following them because there's something captivating and magnetic about what they do, what they say. Even if you just want to talk shit about it, they still have that it factor, right? And and how do you cultivate that? And my question really was, is that something thats um, that you're born with or is it something that you can build and create? And what I really think, is that you and what I've kind of learned as I was researching this presentation I was giving is that you actually can develop it. And it is something that can be developed, but it does take time. It does take practice. And one of the reasons why I came to this conclusion was a friend of mine, Sean Cannell, he has a like YouTube channel that teaches people how to build YouTube channels. Um, He posted this video that he had done. And I I know you've done the same, Jill, Um, like video, one of his first videos from like 2008. 2009 or something and he goes this is my first vlog I'm not going to be entertaining I'm not going to be captivating and it's just so mundane and literally just says that he's not going to be entertaining and if you watch him (laughs) now like his charisma comes through and I was like wait this is the same guy so he definitely did not start off on YouTube as this charismatic entertaining person to watch and so I shared the before and after videos and I could see that it can be developed and it can take but it does take time. And you need to find what makes you unique. And so I actually uh, used this acronym and I did not come up with it. I'm going to give credit to my boyfriend who came up with it called the sweet spot. And basically the it factor is just finding your sweet spot. And sweet spot stands for strengths, weaknesses, experience, education, and talents. Mm. And if you can find that that piece of what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, your experience, your education, your talents. And all of those things put together are your sweet spot, your it factor, the thing that makes you unique. Not everybody has this, you know, maybe some people have the same education experience as you do, um, but they don't have the same strengths as you do, or they don't have the same talents that you do. And so I think pulling all those things together can help you get that it factor. But it does, I do believe it, a lot of it comes from practice, practice honing your skills, honing your craft, throwing things at the wall to see if they stick, getting on camera, trying things. um, And then just, I don't know, to me, it's about finding that that most you version of you and like really drilling down on it Mm -hmm. yeah
1: I love the sweet spot I love that good acronym um and yeah so yeah trust you is something similar but I think um I love that you mentioned all of those different ways because what I notice, especially online it's very rare that I see a new coach jump online and immediately take off unless they Mm -hmm. have like a massive transformation story, right? If they come online and they had just lost like 50 pounds, 100 pounds, or they're, you know, 55 years old with like a six pack, you know, something needs to be like specific about how they look or about their transformation story. If they have that and they start talking about that, my clients who do that, you know, grow and they go viral and all that kind of stuff. But most people don't have those like massive transformations, massive stories. For the rest of us who kind of all have around the same level of credential, same level of expertise, kind of the same story, sometimes it can be a little bit hard. Now, uh, actually, I love that you brought up can it be taught because there, I think that in research has been shown that it can be taught if we're talking about charisma. There's a book called The Charisma Myth that breaks down, because I I I've had the same question for like the last 10 years online. I'm like, why do some clients do just fucking take off and others don't? I think there's an audacity that has to happen. Like you have to have a, mm. but in, in order to have, to to take audacious action, you have to have a confidence about you. And how do you get confidence? By just doing it more. You know, like you have mm-hmm. to do it more. So that's why I think that people usually hit their stride around like year number three, four or five, because they've just had enough reps that they like, know they're good at this point. You know, they're like already know they're good at that point. And they're like, okay, yes, I do deserve to have an opinion at this point. I do deserve what I'm saying deserves to be heard versus first couple of years. You're kind of like, is it okay to say this, right? You're always kind of checking in. You're co- constantly worried about people in your life thinking something and you're just, you stay vanilla because you're so scared often to like mm-hmm. rip the bandaid off and just say exactly what you mean. So I agree with you. It, the faster you can drill down on like what you, who you are and what you want to be about online the faster that things are going to start to take off but it's like this which comes first the chicken of the egg it's like you need to get results and you need to like because you said if you can be really authentic and in order to be really authentic you have to have the experience of showcasing something that's a little scary putting yourself out there vulnerably and then having the experience of not dying as a result of being that vulnerable right and then you're like okay it is safe it is safe to be yeah. me it's okay it's safe to be me and you have all these little micro examples and you now build a show of evidence that it's okay to show up as you in your like most youest form and so that I think takes a little bit of time or it takes reps right so I think if you want the To go faster, just post more, just more content, right? Like throw more, throw more spaghetti at the wall, because that's going to create a level of clarity and be like, ah, actually, that's not me. You know, I always think about Chrissy King, and I'm sure she would be fine with me sharing this. She worked with me for three years, and when she first came in, she was kind of like, I guess I'll just do like fat loss, because everyone does like weight loss and fat loss. And that's just what mm-hmm. I need to do to be successful on the internet. And so her first couple of programs were around fitness programs and things like that. And, you know, she did really well. And she hadn't, an if- and she was a, you know, she's a uh, national of a power And she had some really cool stuff about her. But over time, she was like, yeah, it's not me. I want to talk more about like body image, you know, and I want to, you know, what really is important as my, my story wasn't, about, you know, it was about more not not like my body and like always trying to get smaller and trying to shrink myself and not take up space and so she started being like take up more space and, you know, more about like body esteem and body image and stuff like that and then... That evolved into now she does a lot of work in like the, you know, uh, social justice realm and she has now a major book out on that and stuff. So she would never have gotten to that final resting place had she not gone through all the other iterations. So it's hard because you want to know and you want to come out swinging, but you don't have the reps yet to actually know what part of you is the thing that's going to take off. I would definitely recommend that book, by the way, uh, The Charisma Myth, That's because that is a great book to start with. It actually breaks down into like charisma is made of three things. It's power, presence, and warmth. So power is like, Mm. how are you showing up, right? And so an example of someone who's like an Elon Musk, right, would be like more of like a power type guy. A presence would be someone who's just, um, I don't know, I think about Brendan Burchard. He's like a presence guy, right? Like he's very dialed in. He's just very dialed in. He's very intuitive. He's like very like listened, eye contact. And then warmth is someone who, um, you know, is like your best friend, like your cheerleader. Like you're probably warmth, right? Like Shantae is probably warmth. I mean, not that you're not the other things as well, but... Yeah. And so you ask yourself, like where you know on a scale of one to ten, what's my power level? What's my presence level? what's my warmth level? And some for me, I've definitely had to work on the warmth stuff for sure. Um, you know, so it's kind of knowing yourself and then being like, what does that look like, and then doing your best to to make it authentic and show up in that way? I
2: haven't read that book still, and I need to. It's on my li- it's my longest long. list of <laughs> my longest list of things to read. Um, But I I do like that you said you don't necessarily know what part of you people are going to respond to at the beginning. And I think it's really important to talk about a lot of different things. And what is really interesting is sometimes we come out, like to your example of Chrissy King, sometimes we come out thinking we are going to do this one thing. And it's not the thing that we get the most audience response to, and it's not the thing we end up doing at the end. I had the same kind of scenario when I was first starting personal training. I was certain that I wanted to train athletes. And I was like, yeah, I want to work with athletes. That's I considered myself an athlete, and I was a high-level gymnast. And I just felt like they get it. They have the mentality, the work hard, a work ethic. And I started training, and I really liked working with beginners and people who'd never been to the gym before and teaching them like teaching them basics on how to lift weights and seeing them get really great results. There's a big difference between working with an athlete and trying to like shave off a half a second on a run versus working with a beginner who can shave off five to 10 minutes on a 5k. Like you can see huge increases in progress when you work with beginners. When you're working with somebody who's an elite level, the levels of, um, like improvement you're going to make are much smaller because they're already at such a high level, right? So, uh, there's just a difference. And so I thought I wanted one thing and I realized, that wasn't where I was excelling and having the most fun and I started working with more beginners. Then I also thought I could work with everyone and I realized I just really enjoyed working with women specifically. Same with one of my best friends who I went to, the one who I went to her wedding, Elizabeth Faye, she's been on the show. She started off, uh, I was her business coach and she started off creating like an ebook and a program for consumers to learn how to braid their own hair. It was like this little braid book and she, it wouldn't really sell and she really liked working with other hairdressers and teaching hairdressers how to build their business. And so now she coaches stylists versus regular being people, a stylist yeah. coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Working with regular people. So sometimes we're in one space because we think that's, we think that's either where we're quote, supposed to go or that just feels like a good fit. And then once we do it, we're like, this isn't quite, Quite what I thought it was and it doesn't quite feel right and that's okay and I think that's part of the process is to figure out what that is to figure out and not get upset and like bang your head against the wall like it's not working and try to force it but be curious and lean into um, what is working and sometimes like a video or something will go viral and you'll go oh wait a second this is what people are interested in I could do more of that it's just I didn't think about it. And once you start to see what people are responding to, it becomes easier and more fun to make content. It becomes easier and more fun to make your brand around that and to just kind of create around that. And it's, it's really fascinating, I think, sometimes um, I, I hear coaches talk about niches and I, I've always looked at this a different way. I've I've seen a lot of people say like, decide on your niche and then like build from there. And sometimes I, I'm of the opposite thought of like talk about a handful of things and then see who's drawn to you and like that's who your niche is. So I think you can go about it multiple ways. I think you can just see who comes to you and then that you your niche kind of found you and you can decide who you want your niche to be. But just know that that isn't always... Um, that isn't always, always a fit for you. It's not always where you're going to end up. And to your point,
1: yeah, you got to get a lot of reps in to find that stuff out. You know, you can't yeah. sit on your couch not publishing any content and be like, what do I feel like doing today? Who should I be mm-hmm. online today? Like what, you know, you go out and you get feedback. And if you get, if you keep getting crickets and you keep trying to force the thing, then maybe not that, that's not it. And I think about Chrissy. And, you know, what she does now, like, lights her up. And she's obviously had massive success as a result of finding where she's supposed to be.
0: You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop.
1: You know, so mm-hmm. again, if you are looking to be successful online and you'll know because the shit will feel aligned. You'll be like, I fucking love doing this. We see this a lot in the the fitness space. I had a client last year who was a uh, personal trainer during the pandemic. She came online and she was running a membership, like a, you know, Zoom classes, live Zoom classes membership, like most trainers did during quarantine. And then she started doing business because she started like learning about business to learn marketing and sales and was investing in herself. And she was like, at the end of last year, she's like, is it okay for me to just not do fitness and like cut that whole side out. I'm like, totally. And she's like crushing it now because she's found the place where she's supposed to be. And so I agree with you. I think, I think you do have to niche down though. And that's the thing Yeah, even more so now. And so what I mean by that is, and I like how Danny said like a handful of things, pick a handful of things. And most people can't niche down right away anyway. I have a client right now who is a postpartum trainer for mountain climbers. And that's like probably the most niche and she's crushing it. She's doing like 10k months. Like she's doing super well. But it's like, you know, it's it is something where you may not know, but you you can't get too niched at this point, I guess. You cannot get yeah. too niched Be the go-to person for that one thing. And if you look around and you're like, "Wow, I'm saying the same thing." I want to validate that. I gonna be like, "I feel like I'm saying the same thing. I'm like you are saying the same thing, right?" So what's going to make you stand out? Is it going to be your transformation story that you need to maybe talk about mm-hmm. that more, right? Is it going to be the way you look? You know, I have a couple of clients in their fifties who are like shredded and I'm like, be on video. Like you have to be on video and every single reel needs to be like over 50 women, 50 plus women. Like I was like, just double down on that thing. Don't try to be like to, to water it down. Don't try to be more broad. Don't try to be less specific. Like specificity, tangibility, and then like own that one space. Riches are in the niches.
2: Yeah. No, 100% you do need a niche. And I think it's really important to not discard that too. Um, One of the things, it was interesting watching Elizabeth um, move from working with like trying to teach people how to braid their hair to working with stylists and then teaching business because she started to say, well, I want to, I could do this for anyone. I'm like, you can, but the people who know you are stylists and the hairstylists are hiring you. So like stay here, like just stay with these people. Like this is the language you speak. Sure. And she could, work with other people online. And so could you, Jill, like you're amazing at business and a lot of other people could learn from you, but your background is in fitness. You speak that language and so you stay in that niche and that's what makes you more successful. It does create a little more of a challenge. And I remember even when I was in, um, our thrive mastermind, um, in 2017, uh, it was hosted by Cole Hatter and his wife. And I didn't know who he was before, but he was in real estate. And so, had I been in real estate, I probably could have garnered even more from that mastermind because he was so good at that. Um, he really knew the real estate business and flipping and wholesaling and all of that stuff, which I just didn't know at the time. And so, you know, if you're looking for someone even to work with, you want someone in your niche who knows the thing. Like if I am, a personal trainer wanting to go online, I'm going to hire Jill because I know she knows how to do it. Now, if I'm a personal trainer wanting to go online, I'm not looking for like a very general coach. Like we do want niches. And so it's important to figure out what that is. But I do think sometimes we don't know exactly. We might know, like to Chrissy's point at the beginning, fitness, everyone's losing weight, but then maybe something felt off and maybe she started to get people who were saying like, I'm so tired of dieting. And it's like, oh, right. Maybe these people who are following uh, other fitness professionals are thinking they want to diet, but they're stressed. And so you can change your message and you can figure out what that is as you go. But I think you need to start with some idea. And I think it is important, though, to niche and get specific. I love the, the uh, what would you say, prenatal for mountain climbers? Uh, yeah, postpartum for mountain postpartum climbers. For well, pregnancy and postpartum it.
1: for mountain climbers. Yeah, and she's like crushing so it. Good. And she's been anno- So good. And she's like acknowledged within the industry. Like all the top climbers yeah. know her. Like, yeah, it's great. And I, you know, I'm even thinking I'm too broad. You know, <laughs> I'm like still too broad. Yeah. You know, it's like fitness, business. It's still too broad. Like then I can, you can break it up into like for beginners, you can break it up into intermediate, right. you can break it into, you know, advanced. And so there's, at, but again, to your point, there are the reps that need to happen to get to that point. And so I think it's okay to not know right away what your niche is going to be, but you do have to start p- pressing publish on some shit to, f- to figure that out. Other ways to stand out. I mean, you could stand out from just your energy. Like how you show up you know some people show up and they're goofy and some people show up and they're more direct or they're just more matter of fact or they're kind of like a tough love or they're like a sensual feminine and like so I think you can also stand out by having the way that you show up or the way that you operate within the world maybe it's not about your expertise maybe it's not about your experiences or your transformation it's about just like your energy I'm thinking about someone like a um you know, Derek Halpern, who doesn't really do internet marketing anymore. But, you know, he was like a shorter guy. He was like, not really a great looking guy, but he was like, so smart. And he was just like, so that was his it factor, which is like, so smart and like kind of sarcastic and like New York and whatever. So like, what's the thing that's going to help you stand out? Is it, it could be an energetic thing. You know, I'm trying to think of other examples of certain people. We've seen a lot of these more like feminine, sensual coaches, heart-centered coaches. You know, you can be a... I don't know, like some people identify as like a bitchy. Co- I don't know, like any of yeah. that kind of stuff is fair game.
2: I love. I forgot about Derek. He was good. He was really good. I I like that too. I mean, I think part of it can be, and we t- you've talked about this before, um, your knowables. Yeah, it's like those kind of things could be your fashion. There's like a couple really quirky girls I found randomly, like for my explore tab, that I freaking love following, just because they're so nerdy. Like they're big glasses and the way they dress and like thrift store clothes and it's just the quirkiness about them makes me want to follow and I really don't even know anything else it's just I'm following them for this this thing and so it could be like I don't know you have a shoe collection and people just get that or someone you listen to in music or how you do your hair maybe it is your glass like I've seen quite a few people who brand themselves because they've got like yellow glasses or red glasses or something that just Mm -hmm. stands out like Mel Robbins kind of thing you wear Converse shoes but I think um I think ways that you look and how you speak and your energy does show up, does attract people to you. And you can play that kind of stuff up. And I think it's important to play that kind of stuff up. So if you have something that makes you a little bit I don't want to say quirky because quirky, I don't That's know, just like one version, could right? Up, you can be just, goofy. Yeah. You could be sarcastic. You, you could yeah. be someone
1: who's hilarious. Like something about that yes. I love about Lori Harder. She's obviously like so qualified. She's been doing this forever, but she's like really funny. Like if you follow yeah. her stories, like she's actually, she like talks in voices all the time. Like she, you know, so, and it's something that you wouldn't know unless you like watch her stories and whatever. And so I think you can definitely play up different parts of your personality. I'm trying to think of if there's any other different types of personalities that we see. There's like the goofy, the quirky, the sarcastic, the, I don't know, I'm probably more of that like Northeast Mm -hmm. energy where it's just like direct and, you know, kind of no nonsense and whatever. You have the tough love people. You have the no excuses people. You have the all excuses people, you know.
2: (laughs) I mean, you've got like the really smart, you know, like looking at the Andrew Huberman's who's just the research, you know, that kind of research based. And I think that all of them can work. But they won't all necessarily work for you. Right. So if you're taking someone like me and I'm trying to read research papers, it's not really going to come off authentic that way. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. not going to come off authentic. It's, it's going to be like, well, like,
1: I, Andrew Huberman's successful, so I should probably read research too. <laughs> filter yes. it through like, is that me? <laughs> and right. it's okay if it's not, right? Like you might be look at someone yep. who's successful and you're like you look at Jill and Danny and you're like, well, they're... You know, I don't know. They've been in the industry for a long time, or they're kind of funny, or they that we have like a weird. But like, that's not the way you are normally. It works for us because we have the way that we interact. But it's not necessarily yeah. going to work for you. Something else amazing is going to work for you. That would never yeah. work for us. Like I, could, I could never pull off like nerdy, quirky, goofy. Like that would just not be my personality. Even though maybe I have yeah. those times at that, home, but that's not like I just I'm not going to show up in that capacity. Yeah.
2: Well, I think this is the the interesting thing, and one one of my slides I did in that talk was. I put a picture of Jamie Eason who was like the it girl at the time in fitness magazines and I got a short like bob haircut and I'm like do you think it was Jamie's haircut that got her it's like no it's not the haircut so just because something ha- somebody has this thing just because you get the thing doesn't mean you're gonna have the success right so yep. it just because you are six foot six and have a raspy voice doesn't mean you're gonna be Tony Robbins if you act like him it's just not that and aligned. if if whoever is like has hair extensions and they're really popular, just because you get hair extensions doesn't mean you're gonna get popular because you have the thing. It's really about being more you. And one of the examples I even showed, and I don't know if you follow her, Jill, um, Elise Myers. Mm-hmm. She's got like a million followers. Is she like the psychology type gal? Like she talks about like things are hard. She does. She does. She kind of talks about like depression, yeah. anxiety. Yeah, yeah. She's like very like quirky, kind of weird. Yeah. Just, if you look at her, like, objectively, she's not, like, attractive, like, model attractive. Like, she's not unattractive, but she's not, like, on a model scale, right? She's kind of quirky. She's nerdy looking. She's kind of, like, awkward. And that is what makes people love her. Her freaking awkwardness and the way that she says things and her, like, embarrassing stories of herself and her self-deprecating, like, way of speaking. She's got one or two million followers now and she's like blowing up and it's like I couldn't pull that off because I'm not her and I think it's just figuring out that thing about you and even if you're like this is not what's going to work it's probably the thing that will will work I know and I I know my mom you know she used to say a lot of this growing up um she just thought in order for you to have some kind of success you had to be like objectively pretty and You know whatever and I remember her just saying things about like I wanted to I wanted to be um, in theater and she didn't want me to perform because she's like actresses don't make money and you can't you know get anything out of that because she thought you had to have a certain look and I was just thinking about all of the characters on TV and how there's like a nerdy maybe I wouldn't be the like lead role of uh, I don't know Cinderella or something but there's places for everyone and like if you think about big shows like The Office like Dwight his character is so bizarre and weird and Michael Scott has a weird like all of those people have their own character and it's just like finding what is your like character honestly and leaning into that because yeah we're not all going to be the Cinderella's of the story but honestly like there's are some cooler characters than Cinderella in most, most movies and shows. <laughs> I love so. that. I
1: love that. It's just very much like, what is your character? And I guess we're yeah. saying it needs to be real. It can't be like, I can't borrow someone else's character. It doesn't fit for you. It doesn't, you can't borrow mm-hmm. someone else's uniform. It doesn't fit for you. So, you know, one of the things I talked to, because Shantae is really good at this, the Moon Maestro. And um, she does an Instagram course to teach people Instagram for business. And she has them post every single day during that course. And obviously that's, you know, that's hard to do, especially for beginners. And I was like, why do you do that? Like, are they expecting like massive followers in six weeks? Are they expecting to go viral? And she's like, no, it's so they can learn about themselves. They can learn about like, ah, I don't really want to talk about that. Ah, like that didn't really land or I don't really know if I want to. It's for them to like home what they, how they want it, their messages. And I'm like, yeah, Yeah. that's really good because most people don't take the time to do that. They feel like they have to all the answers right away. And back to the beginning of the show, it's like it might take some reps and some time, you know. And I do feel like people really hit their stride around like you're like three, four, five in there. At that point, there's no turning back. You know, I have clients who... They, you know they'll always be able to make money at this point because they have a strong brand. Mm-hmm. You know I think it's touch and go for the first couple of years for people. Like you could probably just tap out. <laughs> no one would really notice that you were not there. You know, mm-hmm. but once you get past that point and you kind of break through what we call the trust threshold or the trust barrier, on the other side of that, there is a lot of predictability in your business, a lot of viability in your business because people just have a relationship with you. You know, you and I have people who are like, I've been following you since the beginning, or you really helped me with my, um, you know, seeing you go through the adrenal fatigue stuff I was going through at the same time. And this is like fucking 10 years ago. And they're still connected with you online in some capacity. Now they might not be following every single thing like they were 10 years ago, but they're still in your ecosystem. And if it's the right offer, right, they're going to pull the trigger on it. And so I love looking at brand building and standing out as how can I form the most genuine relationships with other people who may end up being customers or clients and not in a way that's curated and like is kind of like, Ooh, I need to be someone else because that's what works just being the most you version of you that you possibly can and doubling down on that. And people can pick up on bullshit, right? They can pick up on if you're like trying to be something else, it's like a repellent energy. You could be saying all the right stuff, wearing all the right clothes, have the right haircut. But if it's not coming out in a genuine way, people pick up on that discrepancy. You know, what really is powerful and what is attractive to people is congruency and conviction and confidence. And I think you have to earn those things through reps, and time and also just doing self-awareness like work and and also being okay with who you're not, you know, you have to be okay with who you're also not, you know, I'm never going to be someone who has like stick thin legs and like long, thick hair. And like, you know, you just, that's not for me. So it's like, cool. I'm going to like, then I'm just going to double down on what I do have and then Mm -hmm. make the most of that. And that's what is really attractive about a strong brand. Yeah.
2: I really love that. And I think it's really important to, um, to focus, to not focus on what you don't have, because so many times we can get just wrapped up and mired and like look at how they're doing and I don't have that so I can't. Like that, just because someone has success because of one thing and you don't have that doesn't mean that you won't have success because that's only one little factor and you can find a million people without the thing that you're obsessing over and they're doing just fine too so and i've caught myself in that trap before i've definitely told myself those stories i'm like well i don't have i don't have a big weight loss story so i can't be this or i don't have you know like we can tell ourselves all of these things but the truth is someone out there is still winning with Less than what you have totally. and what you're putting out there. Totally, so
1: love it. Yeah. Well, this is definitely timely for my launch, and I wanted to get your take on it. But you were in just you were in Greece, so I couldn't talk to you about it. But I wanted to get it <laughs> on air, and hopefully, this is helpful for y'all. If you are a professional, if you are doing the online thing, if you have a brand, or you're trying to build a brand, uh, hopefully, this is useful. Let us know. Hit us back. And of course, if you are not in our closed Facebook group, you can go to thebestlifepodcast.com and click on the link to join our closed Facebook group. We've been having some great discussions in there um, late. And when you're in there, you can also contribute to our ever-growing list of topics that we want you guys to put in there (laughs) to give us some ideas for the show. So uh, go ahead and join, connect us with there. And do we want to talk about our live event?
2: Yeah, I was thinking we should have brought it up in the last episode and then I I forgot to bring it up.
1: Yeah, I'm super excited. We're doing a live recording of The Best Life on July 30th in Los Angeles. It's really close to the airport, so if you guys are potentially thinking about flying in, that would be amazing. If you live in LA or you live in surrounding cities, um, we would love to see you. We're doing it with our friend Felicia Romero, who has a podcast called Hi Felicia, and she just crossed over half a million downloads, which is really exciting. Um, And she's actually been on the show, and I think both of us have been on her show as well. Um, Yeah. And she was a IFBB pro bikini competitor, and then she's transitioned from that into she owns some gyms now she's like a business coach for health pros and all this kind of stuff. And she has a really amazing story. And um, her episode on the best life is one of our favorites, but super excited to do that. And so we do have tickets. We'll have to put the link in the show notes because it's some long link. I think it's like on uh, Eventbrite or something. Eventbrite? Yeah. I think you guys go yeah. to Eventbrite. You can search for it, Best Life Podcast. But um, we're keeping it to thirty people, so it's going to be fairly small, fairly intimate. It's going to be a live recording. Plus, we're going to do Q and A. Plus, we'll do you know photos and hang out and stuff like that. Maybe we'll we'll get some champagne or something. But we um, would love to see you guys there if you are within driving distance. It's only going to be a couple hours, July thirtieth on that Sunday afternoon. Go to the link in the show notes and get all of the details. And we can't wait to see you there.
2: Oh, we cannot wait to see you in person and squeeze you. you. Love it. All right, we'll see you. All right, see you soon. guys. Bye, guys.